0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Museum Life with Carol Bossert. Museums are important whether we work in them, for them, or simply love visiting them. Throughout history, people have collected things and put them on display to enjoy, but today's museums offer much more than rooms filled with stuff. They provide places to learn and share experiences with family and friends, as well as sanctuaries to unplug, rest, and refresh. On today's show, we'll discuss how museums can remain relevant and sustainable reach out to new audiences, and remain attuned to cultural and technological trends. Now, here's your host, Carol Bossert. Welcome uh, to
1: another edition of Museum Life. I'm glad you've joined us uh, this morning. Uh, as you know, over the last uh, month or so, I have been featuring my colleagues that I met uh, this past November at the uh, MCN Conference, Museum Computer Network Conference. Uh, I've had Carolyn Royston on. I've had Nick Honeyset on and uh, this is not last but but least but this is one of my favorite colleagues that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years Liz Neely Uh, Liz uh, has been very involved in the Museum Computer Network Uh, I know we'll talk a little bit about that but the other thing that's so fabulous and this is congratulations are in order virtual balloons as we do on the show Liz has recently joined the American Alliance of Museums here in Washington, so she's a neighbor, and she has taken on the new position of Senior Director for Integrated Content, and I know she will explain to us what that means, but so I think it is fabulous, it's fabulous for me to have another great neighbor, it's fabulous for AAM, they are really doing some uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, progressive things, uh, I I think for the museum community and also I just have to say Liz it has been such a wonderful opportunity to get to know you.
2: Oh thank you. Well thank you so much for having me. Well so um, why
1: don't you share your uh, career path with our audience and you know maybe also talk about what
2: has most inspired you in the last year. Well, great. Well, I think um, I'm so happy to be on uh, on the show, and I see that we, one of the things that we share is the same passion. Um, if you, if anyone, any of the listeners uh, go to Carol's website, the, I believe the power of museums to change lives and transform communities, and that's something that we, um, a passion that we both share, and I Have to say that I feel very lucky to have a not so traditional, but a long and winding road that started um, that landed me in museums at an early age, and um, and I couldn't I couldn't be happier. So uh, I I actually started out at the Art Institute of Chicago in um, in Chicago. And I was there for seventeen years, so a bulk of my experience kind of comes from that wonderful place, which uh hopefully you've had a chance to be there, and many of the listeners have as well It's an amazing museum and i started I started out in information technology, so I guess that's not so strange um, <laughs> in back in those days, it was more about um, configuring servers and untangling phone wire that we would try to use for networks back um, as you daisy-chain together computers to kind of get information from one to another. So how, how things have changed, uh, no wires to detangle, mostly these days, are very a lot fewer. And eventually, over those years, ended up in um, what we created in digital experience. So there's a lot of times where I kind of um, as far as a digital professional, kind of got to um, got to actually grow with the profession um, and have job titles that didn't exist in earlier years, and, and those kinds of things, which I think is a really interesting. And you've probably you've seen that with in speaking to other people that uh, a, a long career in digital and technology in museums, we kind of make it up as we go along to a certain extent. So, at at the Art Institute and Digital Experience, I had the opportunity to work with some amazing projects um, and collaborations with the Online Scholarly Catalog Initiative, which was um, funded by the Getty, and it was nine museums looking at the future of digital publishing. I got to uh, work work on, we put iPads in the galleries with media so that we would have interactive labels at the Art Institute and... um, one of the final projects that I uh, worked on is uh, got a, an innovation grant from the IMLS to look at 3D printing and how 3D printing affects, a, um, affects a, a, the public's experience with the collection. Um, is it, does it deepen your appreciation when you start making with it or manipulating the collection or have this kind of physical um, embodiment um, through 3D printing and scanning, which was a fascinating project. And just working at the Art Institute was amazing as as working in museums because especially with technology, we work collaboratively to connect a lot of different people. So I got to work with curators and educators and conservation professionals. The list goes on. And um, eventually also got a lot of um, artists involved in projects so that we could – what I was really advocating was – um, was how we could kind of work differently altogether um, in uh, using methods of experimentation of art making um, whether that 's through three d printing or and then just through research and experiment so um, then I made the crazy move to um, so that was about uh, two and a half years ago that I left the art institute and i uh, I decided that being a risk taker and saying everyone should experiment, I moved to the mountains uh, of South New Mexico for, um, for a couple of years and got to serve as the interim curator at the Harwood Museum of Art, which is a smaller art museum in um that focuses on the art of um of Taos, which is this amazing community that um has a pueblo that's the longest continuously lived in settlement in the in North America. It's been occupied by a thousand years by um by Native Americans. By um, uh, Hispanic population, since um, that uh, originates from the 1500s, and so many of the cultures are still like that. And it was an art colony, um, an Anglo art colony that started out at the beginning of the um, uh, 20th century. So it was an amazing place to kind of look at the to be part a museum that was of the community history of art in that community, and to. Serve in that way, and also got involved in doing participatory and contemporary art down there. So, with that small museum experience and large museum experience, and really enjoying working cross uh, with across all different um, kinds of profession, when um, the AAM opportunity came up, and as you mentioned, I served on MCN's board for um, four years and led the conference. Co-led the conference with Coven um, Smith for a couple of years, and then was the vice president and the president. And and so I was really committed to all these different aspects of the field. So the AAM opportunity came up to kind of uh, work in the in supporting the field and um, and the different the many different facets of it. And I am thrilled to be here and with the. Big community of museum people in DC, and of course work with everyone across the world that's working in museums. So that's uh, that's what got me here. What inspires me is really again what um, the quote is that I think that um, museums really do have this um, aspects, and 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 we are just exploring the very. I nugget of it, I think we can move this much further, and I think it's all about how do we um, you know being being a, at my core a technologist and wanting to use that com- to communicate with one another, how do we how do we really further this mission of helping museums to really activate and be all that they can be um, in this transformation of of who we are, in recognition of where we come from, and of being dialogue spaces and places that um, that inspire creativity. Uh, that's that's really what inspires me. I, I know that we have a, there are a lot of different kinds of museums, and um, it's really about how we use um, whether it's object based or um, or theme based, how we use. Those kinds of mechanisms to bring together our communities, to talk about things, to have new dialogues, and to be inspired to well, change the world. Uh, yes, and that's
1: no no small task. You know, uh, Liz, in, in listening to your trajectory, I, I can't help but be, be struck by the fact that uh, you know in a way and i mean this in the kindest way you haven't been in the museum profession all that long and the number of changes and the number of different technologies and different ideas that have come you know just rushing down the the pipeline that you have been able to implement and test. I mean, I think it's a testament to your creativity and a desire to learn new things, but it also reminds all of us how quickly technology uh, is is changing and will continue to change. And I dare say neither you nor I have, uh, you know, really any real crystal ball of what's going to be uh uh, happening in museums and what we're going to be dealing with, uh, even in the next, you know, over the next five years. So it really is. Uh, it takes a lot of risk taking, and clearly, it, uh, you have that capacity as as well as just a a, a real deep down commitment for saving the world.
2: And I, I I think part of that then is that some of us I think are are built to. Have a lot more risk tolerance. I, I don't know if that comes from where exactly that comes from, but uh, it's also for those of us who are that have that gene or wherever it comes from, I think it's really important to realize that we don't all have that, and that then how do we how do we help each other? Um, how do we help each other? See what the opportunity is in 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 technology, in the way that the it's not always technology, but just the way that culture is changing and how we um, how we take the best of that for museums. And also, for me, always in working in collaborative re, um, relationships, which I love, where everyone's coming at it from a different angle. Is the the grounding and the history, and just always learning from each other. Um, so we all add something to the equation. I might be someone that is willing to try this, try that, and and give up on something that even if I've spent time on it. But then um, someone else from a team has has um, has different qualities or different backgrounds, and if we all learn from each other, so um, because it, it is a challenge, even though I love technology and I um, am energized by the pace of change it is also a big challenge for museums to always figure out how we can how we can embrace that how we can make the most of it um, without getting on a, a treadmill that's going too quickly that will fall off the back of it so it's it's really it's really something that none of us can do on our own we have to do it together
1: Thank you, Liz. That's very that's very well said. And I I've written down, and I will probably quote you on on Twitter uh, after the show uh, airs. Is uh, you know really helping each other see the opportunities, and uh, not just in technology, but but in whatever social opportunity we find ourselves in. I think that's uh, that's really important to keep in mind. Uh, so I'd like to move on a little bit. Congratulations on your new position at AAM. I'm, I'm just thrilled. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, this, this is a new job position, that this yes. isn't something yes. that was just filled. Yes, it's, AAM is, is moving in, in this uh, new direction. It's signaled that by a couple of, of new hires. So tell me, what is a Senior Director of Integrated Content? I know. It's really hard
2: to tell what that is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And in, indeed, this is a new position and a new team, which uh, if in reading through uh, what I just uh, talked about, I, I, I love new things. Uh, so that's, that's particularly exciting as well. And what we're really looking at is AAM being this go-to place for the museum workforce to find inspiration, best practices, the opportunity to exchange ideas, and the tools to advocate. So that's something that's kind of a core vision that I have um, as part of our team. And it's really, when we say integrated content, it's really about content strategy um, it's about the ability and content strategy is about the, deliver to the right person at the right time, the right content. And so it's interesting that the title says content, but content on its own is we, we know that there's a lot of content out there, right? Um, now the inf- information is, is this big cloud out there. And so what's really important is content strategy in terms of context instead of content. So we used to say in the field, content is king. Well, it's very important. Um, but context is right up there. So um, context to, to say that it's getting to the right person in the right way at the right time. So that it's not just masses of um, information. I'm a little worried they just started vacuuming. I'm, I don't know if you can edit that.
1: No, don't,
2: um, not, not not a worry at all
1: um, okay,
2: okay, I'm very sorry okay um so looking at I, I what content is fabulous. what I'm doing and and what the team is doing here is really thinking about um okay, what is our content so we ha we're sitting on a lot of uh, on a lot of information, but how do we focus on storytelling and um and then, how are we delivering it? So, the we want to make a. Sorry, I just caught his eye. <laughs> um, so, how are we how are we delivering it? So, um, we want to have a content-rich website that shares these museum stories. And then, who are we delivering it to? So, what are the audience needs across the museum professional profession? So. Um, what we're also thinking in terms of this is that who, you know, what is the voice? So, I we're the American Alliance of Museums. So, we're really serving a group of communities. So, it's a community of museum professional, and then many sub-communities. And so, um, how do we how do we allow that to how do we share the voice of that so it's not just um, me telling stories about the uh, about museums but it's also engaging and giving a platform for other people to tell their stories about their museums about their profession about where they're coming from and just also using that content to connect people because yes, we want to hear what the best practices are and what is, um, and what are the things that inspire at, at any given time, but there are institutions behind these projects or what's happening and then people behind that. And I think ultimately what we really want to do with content is connect people to other people and make this field stronger by those professional bonds. Damn. And... Um, that will also happen through, um, uh, that, that will happen also by not, by thinking about who are the other affiliate areas and working with, in partnership with our professional networks, with, with um, our affiliates and with people across the field so that it's really, we want to engage the community and what the, the unique opportunity that AEM has to offer in, in um, what well, we have, We have many opportunities, but one unique one is that, as you've mentioned in the last few weeks, there are a lot of there are uh, sub conferences and groups that um, are smaller and look at certain niche areas. And how can I work with them and with um, with our networks to um, give what AAM has to offer? Because what we have to offer is is a broad kind of that um, different professions can talk to one another. And you know, our, you know, our membership it's. right now, and also this is depths into um, different sized museums. Our membership right now, we're around 30,000 individuals. That's also through all staff packages, about 4,000 museums, um, many, many museums under, you know, 25 and under staff. So really thinking about how do we connect um, all of these stories to a broader breadth of museums and museum professionals, and connect people.
1: That is a huge undertaking, and I want to uh, unpack some of those uh, Mm -hmm. things uh, here in this next section. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, more with Liz Neely and the activities that uh, she's doing with AAM and... uh, Some of the other discussions that we've been having recently about digital technology. So stay tuned. There's much more to come. Uh, This is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. Stay tuned.
3: Carol Bossert established CB Services LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value, providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content, and at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit carolbossertservices.com, reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn, or call her directly at 240-432-7712.
0: You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at Verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life. Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert, and I
1: am here with Liz Neely. Uh, and she is the newly minted, newly appointed Senior Director for Integrated Content at the American Alliance of Museums. And we're going to hear, be hearing a lot about AAM in the, in the coming months. Uh, Laura doesn't know that know it yet, but I will get her back on the show in the next couple of, of weeks here uh, in the new year to uh, share with us from her perspective some of the new things that AAM is doing Uh, But this is certainly, I think, a wonderful harbinger for things to come, uh, really embracing not only the digital opportunities, but just the the acknowledgement that we are a varied uh, and uh, eclectic field, and AAM uh, really has its work cut out for them uh, to bring us all together. And and Liz, if you don't mind, uh, you were saying a couple of things at uh, at the. End of that last segment. That I just, I really want to go back and and uh, you know, pick your brain about a little bit. And one of them was, you know, at one point we had all said, you know, that content was king. Everything, you know, on digital media is the content and who has the content and who owns the content. And but but what you're saying is that it's not just the content; it's the context. Could you, uh explain that a little bit more what you mean by that absolutely
2: absolutely uh, and it's not to say that content is not important it's still very it, it is it still and has always been really important but when we think about how much information is now available we have with with the internet there's just this preponderance everyone can contribute there's all this out here so how does it and, and on top of that we have all these platforms, so um the world is platform agnostic to a certain extent. So if we want to get information, content to people, if if there's content in a forest and it falls anyway, uh <laughs> if, you know <laughs> I know. Had to do it, had to go there. Um Content, if it doesn't get to the right person is is not is is not very useful and um so it's when you think about context then that's the that kind of embodies the person and the time so it's it's about thinking just in time and just in the right place and by the right place that might be about what um what medium you're looking at or what um what platform you're looking at so now a lot goes on with the internet, but then of course that's also a mope. That's that in and of itself can be um, in a lot of different contextual situations. In the museum environment where you have a physical space, this is a is this is a really big deal because if you're standing in front of um, of the Monet, that's the time when you might want to ask more questions or know more about that. You know if you're not in, in looking at it at that second. But it might be this just-in-time, and at that point, you would be on a phone. How does it get to you? When we think about these kind of things that may be a little – that are there, but we're still learning to use um, with geotagging, and so knowing where you are, location. I'm not saying that we're necessarily – Going there with our first round of content, but these are the kind of things that we need to think about about where things are going. That um, I have a watch that talks to me. That um, we talk to our phone. That um, we uh, um, we have content that travels with us. So the context is it, it includes like what do I need to know, when do I need to know it, and how is it getting to me. Um, I'm not sure I was completely clear with that, but I think it's just it's it's a more it's uh, it's taking that content and giving it legs and and helping it find you at the right time in the right place and that can be done in a lot of um different ways, so it can be about um, search it can be about um, having preferences it can be um there, there are a lot of different ways that it can get to you, but you have to think about what what the journey of the person. Uh, there's this um, retail's been looking at um, customer customer journey mapping, and some museums have also done this in their physical spaces of looking at I'm a person, and what are the different places? Uh, what are the different points touch points that I have, and what is the information that you need at any given time? And so we're also thinking about that in terms of content and information, uh, I, I need a sample document or I need to learn about this at a certain time. So uh, that, I think it's really something that we're all still grappling with what's the perfect way of doing that, um, but it's, it's a, I think it's really important now and it's going to be even more important as we move forward with different devices and smart wearables and those kinds of things.
1: You know, Liz, what what I'm I'm thinking of, and of course, you know, AAM A- and your position is straddling both. How do you know? How can we enable museums to think uh, critically about uh, how to provide this context for their audiences, for for visitors? But you're also talking about how can we provide that context for each other within the profession and I've said this and I've I've certainly experienced it myself uh, uh particularly when I worked in museums uh, it, it's a, it can be a lonely place. Uh, it can be a little isolating. You know, you talk to each other, but maybe you don't know uh, the the most recent research on a topic. And because we don't have a lot of publications, uh, you know, there's Curator, of course, which is fabulous. But uh, you know, there aren't a lot of other other publications out there for us to uh, get timely information to each other. So it sounds as if what you're you're Going to be thinking about doing is creating AAM to be my best museum buddy.
2: Absolutely, I, I really hope that happens. I, I think uh, exactly, and that that means that we're looking at wh- where are the sources of information right now. For example, I have I have a feed of. Museum blogs because i that 's what I do. I look at different ones and I have a feed. but how can I for uh, anyone kind of help help pull together that um, that grouping how, help to find what the best what the best stories that are coming out of that and and feature them so provide a, a provide an aggregator of sorts that help someone that didn't go through the trouble of making a uh, making their own list so that we can help share those lists and help connect people to uh, Two other museum professionals that are writing that are talking about the topic areas, and then even um, thinking so we have the annual meeting, and we have a lot of people that make submissions for our face to face annual meeting and it's it 's a limited who actually ends up in the meeting, and then it 's limited as far as it 's a very small percentage of the whole um, of the whole museum profession that can actually attend so how do we also start connecting people who are submitting their projects and their ideas and help connect people that can't make it to the – that don't get to connect at the meeting or that um, don't get to present that, but we know that they're working on these topic areas. So, yeah, it's really – and I I like that you brought that up, Carol, because I think that that's one of the things that really kept me in the museum field is – even though I worked for a, a large place like the Art Institute, there were there were not many people doing what I was doing in my institution. And then, to when I first got involved with MCN and you get connected and you could talk about ideas that are um, – abstracted from the daily troubles that you have in your, in, in work, you know, the, the things that you actually, the everyday things that you have to do have to get done. But if you're on your own, it is a very lonely place if you don't get to talk about the bigger ideas and where things are going. And I think that that's what um, professional associations really add. And that's what kept me in the field. And that's why I'm so dedicated to being part of this, to really helping, people or providing some something that can help people be inspired, connect with one another, feel very excited. And I have to say that the people that work at AM and the people that are involved in the professional networks it's it's such a um such a dedication, and most people involved with professional networks are—all are, of them are volunteers—and they're really working hard to put information out there for emerging professionals, for um, emerging leaders, and uh, so it's—it's. It's, I I know that we a lot of us feel this way that we to make the profession stronger, we can share stories, but that connects people and really make it so that we can. Um, Keep the keep keep us all um, keep us all thinking about the grand reasons why we're doing this because it's not always the the flip side is not always easy to work in museums of course it's a. Um, might be a lower salary than what you're doing in other places. It's um, you know there there are financial um, there are financial difficulties in museums. So so there's there's downsides that we all need to be inspired and not be lonely and figure out how to deal with together. I
1: uh, that I could not agree with you more. And I and I think what. It sounds as if you are doing too, and of course AAM has always done this to a certain extent, but I think with your coming on board and what you're talking about is that the importance of continued professional development is s- is, is so important uh, you know uh, investing in your human capital and of course that's, that's an easy thing to say if you're a great big museum uh, maybe have endowed curatorial chairs or uh, you know just a big endowment in general but it's pretty tough if you're you know a, a, a one person shop in a historic home that is really doing important things for the community but uh, you know you're never going to have an opportunity to get out and go to even a professional meeting and and providing this kind of digital uh, strategies uh, that will allow us to continue to help each other and as you say sort of keep that keep those deeper uh, commitments and and feelings of, of passion going I think that's um, uh, that's that's critically important and 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 um, No one else but AAM really can, I think, do that because they're our our national organization. And here I've gone chattering on and uh, won't give you a chance to respond to that before we take our second break. Uh, And when we do... Uh, Liz, I'll let you respond to anything that I've just said as well as uh, the question that I've been asking everybody uh, that's been coming on the show recently is what does digital mean to you? So stay tuned, everyone. Uh, I'm going to give Liz a little minute to think about that while we go to a short break. And when we come back, uh, Liz's answer uh, more about talking about current issues in museums. And remember, you can always contact me, uh, carol.bossard at verizon.net or through Twitter at MuseWrite. Tell me what topics you think we should be talking about in the field. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned.
3: Carol Bossert established CB Services LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content. And at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations, no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit Carol Bossert Reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn, or call her directly at 240 432 7712.
0: You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life.
1: Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert. You're listening to Museum Life. And before I finish up, um, uh, Liz... Uh, right before break, I ask you—you uh, know—the word of the month is digital. So, what you know, what does that word mean to you?
2: <laughs> it's a because I'm a um, at at my heart, I'm a technologist. Uh, I definitely have overthought the word digital. <laughs> Um it's it's a tricky word. Uh, it's it's the intangible bits and bites that travel invisibly through the air. Um, it's uh, disembodiment, um, physical being physically being in one place but present in another. Um, it's got addiction issues because of that, um, which is a whole other story that um that is an interesting, um, kind of thing to dive into in another, uh, another arena. Um, but I think a lot of it is is the core is that it's, it's, it's really providing new ways of communication. It's the driver behind the rapid change in our, the rapid pace of our cultural change and it's ubiquitous. So, um, a lot of people are also talking about that we really we're kind of in a post digital world because it's so in it's so intertwined into everything that we do that you can't really make that divide between what is digital and what isn't digital any longer but i think that for me it's all this is very fascinating, and and I know that you can get really philosophical about it. But I, um, I mentioned before that I'd gotten into, um, really gotten really fascinated with three D printing and and the maker movement, and I, I think that one of the, one of the things we've with digital becoming so ubiquitous that we also have kind of these returns to thinking about. Um, what is the what is the real world and, and making, you know, taking control of our own combinations of these things. So um, the maker movement, I think, comes out of, of, you know, having this black box that is a phone that you don't take apart, that you don't even change the battery in, and not knowing how it works. And when it doesn't work, you send it back or something like that. And so you, we've had this kind of um, movement in the last five years to kind of say, oh well, we want to build our own things. If you can't, you know, if you can't uh, build it or get into it, then it's not yours. And I think that helps us explore this digital, digital physical layer on a different on a um, different playing field in a more dynamic way. And at its the best, then we have control over, to a certain extent, over how we think about these things and remember that they can inspire us to use them for um use digital and making and and um, that that there's still we have control over what those do and then you get into experimentation iteration collaboration and that also informs how we can communicate in our in our museums and how we think differently about traversing um, traversing the ubiquity of digital and having some control over it. So um, that's my long-winded way of saying that I think it's just it's a really interesting um, dynamic that we have, and I think the most important thing is knowing that there is there are good aspects to it and bad aspects to how ubiquitous digital has become, but it's it's not a it's not a um it's not a dichotomy we can't it's not something that we can say is good or bad at this point it's our culture is changing it's part of our culture and how do we ensure that the good aspects of it of how it can connect us how we can um uh have discussions um um and have relationships in this ether and that's wonderful and that we also deal with the um perhaps more tricky elements of of um of addiction to the screen of um of how certain we've heard a lot of, uh, lately about how with um, negotiating dig- digital literacy so that we have uh, so that we can distinguish between news and fake news and that kind of thing. So um, it, it is who we are now, and I think it's part of um, uh, literacy of the of contemporary life. But there's also very good aspects to it that help us be iterative and um, and and help us navigate the world as it moves forward. You know, I
1: I I've I grabbed onto this term now, you know, sort of post-digital, and I think this is something uh, that, at least the concept you and I were sort of talking about a little bit when we were at the uh, MCN conference, is that uh, whether we're a museum or or whatever entity, whatever part of our life, uh, is that it's not about the technology, you know, Nick Honey said, Always has said, well, it's not about the technology; it's about the people; it's about your goal. Uh, but in a way, it it will. It's having the museums realize that as being part of the culture in which we live, where things are going faster and faster and faster, uh, that museums don't have to become the the opposite of that, but they have to understand that things, uh, new generations coming up, the world in which we live is very different, and, ha- and we have different stresses, and we have different strengths, and we have different weaknesses that that uh, make it even more important that the the uh, 19th century museum paradigms that we all still sort of lumber over really need to be uh, evaluated because that was for a different age, and that age does not exist anymore.
2: I I definitely agree, and I think as we see that... It really is about how do we how do museums connect with people, and that may or may not. It really it has to be an alignment, whatever the mission is of your organization, really re- really thinking about how it's communicating with people, with its communities, its audience, its. Um, and I, I think what we see with um, if we look at the evolution of. Um, of, of job titles in the in the technology field um, is that you see some people you know you had um, te- technology and then it's digital and then you get digital experience um, all the way up to now you have new fields um, now that these aren't necessarily coming out of digital but I think it's definitely affected by museums looking at looking at the experience. More and of course, different museums have always looked at this in in different ways, you know science museums that are that are immersive and experiential so some of them have have a head start, perhaps even over disney <laughs> um but um you know we see the rise of this um uh, chief experience officer position that mm-hmm. um Seb Chan took in uh at the um Australia Center for moving image um Shelly Bernstein took a, a chief experience officer at The Barnes and so I think we'll also see more of that of, of really thinking about this holistic way of what a museum um how a museum is aligning what the the storytelling that it's trying to tell with the with the with the way that people that are interacting with the museum would expect and can, uh, can get that depth of the experience out of it. So it, it's, gonna, it's going to be a very interesting ride as we continue exploring in these areas across the different kinds of museums. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So, you know, in the, in the six or so minutes we have left, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Uh, one, uh, one hat you wear... Uh, in addition to all the other things that that you're doing, is that you've been sitting on the board of directors for the New Media Consortium. Uh, Just let me say, for those of you who are not familiar with the New Media Consortium, they put out uh, uh, the Horizon Report of... uh, For formal education, informal education, the one that I, of course, uh, look at every year is the uh, museum edition. So I'm just wondering, Liz, I mean... uh, what what insights have you gained uh, by sitting on that board and you know sort of looking at what are those new things that are coming along uh, and then trying to grade them as far as things we can fix now we can't fix now we maybe can fix
2: I just like your thoughts absolutely uh, serving on the board of NMC has been has been amazing as was serving on the board of MCN. I highly recommend to uh, all the professionals listening that it's uh, to see- seek out seek out places for this kind of um, this this kind of service to the community because you'll uh, get um, you'll meet with new people and uh, it's a- it's a great leadership opportunity. And what's been particularly fabulous with New Media Consortium is I am the sole museum person on the board. And so we have, um, over the time, we've had people who are uh, consulting with K-12. We have industries, so Apple and Adobe, um, and then um, CIOs or VPs of communication in um, academic computing. Um, And what's, what I think is really special about this is that because I and I've already talked about my love of the maker movement and how that affects museums and um, and you know how creativity and how we have this special um, I, I believe we have this special place in museums for informal learning that uh, that we still have a long uh, we still have a lot of that lot that we can get out of that especially in working with the overall. Um education ecosystem and it's actually a um, it's actually one of the focus areas well p twelve is one of the focus areas for the am strategic plan and we have a fellow that's focusing on that which you should talk to at some point she's a fabulous sage and um, so what's interesting to me is looking at the whole education eco- ecosystem and what the opportunities are for museums. Um, I, uh, to, so can we get away from trying to match what we're doing to this standard and that standard and get to the point that we are the place that offers this different kind of education, whether it's at a science museum, in a makerspace, whether it's uh, uh, hands-on based learning or art making at an art museum, that um, there are a lot of these ideas of changing formal education or adding these elements into formal education, but especially The P through twelve, it's it's a slow moving machine, and so are there ways that I I believe there are ways, and from my experience with working with the with the group there, is that we in museum have such a unique offering uh, that that really brings the fun back into learning that is the unstructured and um so how can they learn from us and how can we be part of this system without trying to take on a lot of the formal rules that uh we are so luckily unencumbered by <laughs> and and so that that's really what the um the idea has been which has been a lot of focus on how do we do more of the hands-on learning design thinking um and as far as the because as far as the technology is concerned, when you look at higher ed um, and experience development, we in museums have a lot to learn from that group because they've been putting a lot of resources towards that for longer than museums have. so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover if we can when we all talk to one another and that that's the hard part because we we you know crossing over, and that's something that new media consortium offers is is kind of thinking about where where is higher ed further along because they've been focusing on that, but then how do we how do we translate that so I think in experience and in learning. Um, That's gone a long way, especially with hybrid learning. And, you know, MoMA has actually done some work with hybrid hybrid learning and online learning. But um, honestly, what really um, inspires me is thinking about and, um, and talking to other sectors in the education ecosystem about how we as museums can offer this unique kind of um, Informal education that in, in a nimble way. You know that's it's. I'm so glad uh,
1: that that you've you've made those uh, observations. I think uh, you know in my career, uh, I've I saw the shift uh, away. From, you know, our uniqueness, we uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, worrying about those standards and figuring out how our exhibits could focus on those standards, and now we're, uh, you know, going back to what we do best, uh, so that's... Uh, that's <laughs> Uh, what goes around comes around, I, I think, uh, but, uh, you know, and always a little little bit, uh, bit new thinking as well. Well, Liz, this has been an absolutely great hour. I can't imagine. I, I'm shocked that it's gone so quickly. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show. And uh, so for all of my listeners, uh, make sure to uh, contact Liz, uh, uh, meet her at meetings, let her know what uh, what AAM can do, as well as uh, all of the uh, the wonderful staff at AAM. They're here to uh, serve us. And uh, because I didn't do it before, let me take this opportunity to wel- wish everyone Everyone, uh, a happy new year. Uh, Good hope uh, and heartfelt uh, love goes out to all of you for 2017. Uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of, of Museum Life. Until then, this is Carol Bossert. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Museum Life. Please join your host, Carol Bossert, again next Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What museum issue is on your mind? Tell Carol at carol.bossert at verizon.net.